You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at a couple of verses of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and we're going to jump to Philippians chapter 3. But this morning, we're continuing the Unstuck series as we talk about the challenge of getting stuck in the past. This is what I know. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one, Right? You you can't move forward. To embrace the future that God has for you and to experience the fullness of life that can be yours, you have to be able to move beyond your past. I looked up the word stuck in the dictionary, and this is a definition I found. To be stuck means to bring to a standstill or to render unable to proceed. So when someone's stuck, what, they can't make forward movement. They can't make forward progress. I think that's exactly what happens when we're stuck in our past. Now, now we all have a past, right? We all have some skeletons in the closet, right? We all have things in our lives that we would rather no one else knows about. So the issue is not, do you have a past? Because we all have a past. The issue is, or the crisis becomes this, when we get stuck in the past. When we're immobilized, when that becomes like a boat anchor or a lid in our lives. Now, the good news for all of us is that God's grace is greater than our sin, our failure, and our past. Can I get an amen on that? Praise God for the wonder of His grace, His grace that's greater than our sin, His grace that gives us new beginnings and, and new starts. The Scripture in Romans 8.1 tells us this, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're going to unpack that more and in just a minute. And then in Psalms 133 verse, uh, 103 verse 10, the scripture says that he does not treat us as our sins deserve, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west. Think about that. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And then in 1 John 1 9, the scripture says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us uh, of all unrighteousness. So, so when we truly repent, we're forgiven. We're forgiven of our failures, our blunders, uh, the mistakes of our past. But here's the challenge again. Oftentimes we get stuck. We allow the issues of, the pa- of our past to, to hold us captive. So let's talk about that for just a moment. And when I say let's talk about that, that means we're going to interact. Um, so what, where are some areas, where are some places that we can get stuck in relation to our past. What are some experiences maybe that you have or people you know who've been stuck in the past? What was it that got them stuck there? Unforgiveness. I think that's probably the biggest. The biggest area that we can get stuck in is unforgiveness. Someone wounds us, someone hurts us, someone takes advantage of us. And out of that... Uh, woundedness, we choose not to forgive. And when you choose not to forgive, what happens? You get stuck in unforgiveness. And this is what usually ends up happening. There's this bitterness that grows in your life. Why? You got stuck in this rut called unforgiveness. That's a great one. So what, what, where else can we get stuck in the past? Fear. Fear? Yeah, so maybe there's something that happened in our lives. As a result of that, there's this fear that can rule over us. And again, it becomes, when you're stuck, it's like you have this lid. You have this lid that's limiting your life. And oftentimes, fear, can we get stuck in fear, and then there's this anxiety. And what ends up happening is we're not living out the potential of who God's called and created us to be. Someone else. 
lack of trust. Yeah, so it's one thing not to receive God's forgiveness, but then it's another thing not to forgive ourselves. So sometimes we can get stuck there. As we made the mistake, it wasn't someone else's fault, it wasn't someone else's mistake, it was our own mistake. And we can't forgive ourselves. And in that place we get stuck. Yeah. Hard to move out of it. Anyone else? Religion? Yeah, we get stuck in the religion and that we're living in the past. I don't know how many times I've heard this said because I've been in church all my life. It's, well, we, you know, we've never done it that way before. We can't change. In the church, that's, that's what we say. We can't, we can't change. And so we can get stuck in the, the religion of our past. Anyone else? Regrets? Yeah, past regrets. Yeah, we can get stuck there and that we regret what didn't happen or what we thought would happen. Uh, and regret can be a place, an area of the past that we can get stuck in. How about this? We can get stuck in the loss of a loved one. We can get stuck in grief. It happened last year. It happened five years ago. I'm reading a book right now called uh, Option B, written by Sheryl Sandberg. She unexpectedly lost her husband. They were on vacation. He went to exercise Um, had a massive heart attack, died, left her to raise two children. And this book, Option B, is all about how she got stuck in grief. So she lost her husband. It's been months, a couple years now, and she's still stuck. Can't move out of it. So we can get stuck in in grief. What happened in the past? And we can go on and on talking about areas of the past that we can get stuck in that can rob us of life and rob us of potential. But again... What happens is when we get stuck, it's like a lid that's been put on our lives. And this is what I would want you to know this morning. Your mistake of yesterday doesn't have to be your story of today. Your failure of yesterday doesn't have to be that of your story. It may be a part of your history, but it's not the story of who you are today unless unless you allow yourself to get stuck in that place. See, this is what I know. If you don't let your past die, then it won't let you live. It's going to become like a boat anchor in your life. And what you have to know is that once you surrender your life to Christ, your, in, your identity is not in what you've done, but your identity is by what Jesus has done for you on the cross. In other words, you can't find your identity in what you used to be, but rather, in, but rather who you are now in Christ. And if we, if we want to live unstuck, if we want to live the abundant life Jesus promised, then we can't allow what used to defeat us to define us. If you allow what used to defeat you to define you, then you're going to live with a lid on your life. You're going to live your life stuck. But here's the challenge for all of us. The challenge for all of us is we have an adversary that wants to keep us restricted. I think one of the huge goals of our adversary, Satan, is to keep us from the potential that God's placed within us, to keep us from the plans that God has for us. Really simple. What does, what does Satan want to do? He wants to keep you from the fullness of all that God has designed you for. 
I mean, 1 Peter 5, 8 makes this very clear. Be self-controlled and alert. Your adversary, the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. One of the ways he devours us, one of the ways he, he limits us, one of the ways he restricts us is by getting us stuck in the past. Because again, if you're stuck in the past and you're not embracing the present, you're not living to the future that God has for you. And so what happens, the enemy wants to stick us in the past. He wants to make us believe that what we've done in the past defines who we are in the present. And it's absolutely, absolutely not true. Through this deception, through the deception of the adversary, we get stuck in life. And when you're stuck in your past failures and hurts, what happens is, is, is you lose. There's a loss of joy. There's a loss of potential. There's a loss of opportunity. There's a loss of purpose. Hey, there's no way around it. Being stuck in your past limits your life. If you're not willing to let go of the past, then you can't embrace the present and you can't experience the future. I mean, living in the past, living in the past is like trying to drive down Interstate 77 looking over your shoulder. How many of you know you wouldn't get very far? Right? Before what? What would happen? You'd have a wreck. What would happen is you would maybe injure yourself or injure someone else. Why? Because you're looking over your shoulder. You're, you're looking where you've been, not where you're going. And oftentimes that's what happens in our lives. We get stuck where? In the past. For any number of reasons. And, and what does it do? It robs us. It robs us of the present. So this morning we want to look at two different passages of Scripture that I think are really significant. Matter of fact, they're so significant and they're short. I would encourage you not only to reflect on these two verses of Scripture that we're going to read this morning, but I would encourage you to commit them to memory. Because this is what I know. The enemy is going to try to wear you out with your past. And again, we all have a past. So what do you need? You need some artillery, right? How many of you know it doesn't help to have a gun if you don't have bullets, right? Right? I mean, you, you, you go hunting with a gun, here comes the bear, you got no bullets. How many know you're in trouble? What do you need? You need some bullets. It's the same, it's the same as we're walking out our faith life. What do you need? You need some art, artillery. What's the artillery? It's the truth of God's Word. So I would encourage you, not only are we going to dig into these two verses this morning, but I would encourage you to take these two verses home and commit them to memory so when the enemy comes to remind you of your past or to haunt you with your past, you can say, no, that's, that's not what the truth of God's Word says. Here's the truth of who I am. Here's the first verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's on the screen, so let's read this together. Would you read this with me? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. So let's read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So let's break this down. The first phrase is this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. What does that mean? It means this. If you've received Christ as your Savior, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Right? So what does that mean? It means this. You have a new identity. Why, you've been redeemed, you've been purchased, you've been set free. So if anyone is in Christ, Christ is in you. It goes on to say, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. So you have become a new creation in Christ. You're not who you used to be. 
Hey, again, that's where we often get stuck, is we think we're who we used to be. And I'm telling you, if you are a believer in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. You're not who you used to be. What? You have a new identity. Scripture goes on to say that the old is past. In other words, you're living in a new reality. You're now a new person through Jesus Christ. That's who we are. So the old is gone. We're a new creation. And then we have Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, speaking of his own life. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, forgetting what's behind, straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So notice what Paul says he's doing. Forgetting what's behind, straining toward what's ahead. And we might say it like this. He's letting go of the past so he can embrace the future. Paul says, this is the process of my life. I'm letting go of the past so I can move toward the future that God has for me. And I think this is the ongoing process. It was the process that the Apostle Paul was in. And I would submit to you this morning, it's the ongoing process of our life today. Like today you may be stuck in a place of the past, and maybe we're going to help you get unstuck today. But this is what I know, if you're not careful, tomorrow you can get stuck again. So it's an ongoing process. That's what Paul was in. Paul was saying, basically, I'm in process. I mean, if Paul's in process, the Apostle Paul was in process, it's okay for us to be in process. Would you agree with that? So we're in that ongoing process. We're letting go of the past, and we're straining toward the future that God has for us. Now, this is one of those biblical principles, I think, that's a whole lot easier to talk about than it is to live out. How many of you know, there's things in the Bible that's easier to talk about than it is to actually flesh out in our lives. So this morning, I want to give you really quick, I want to give you a strategy as to how we can move beyond the past. And again, this is an ongoing process. So this is not one time and done. There's a three-point strategy here to keep us unstuck, unstuck from the past. The first is this, don't let your mistakes define your life. Don't allow the event of what happened in the past to hold you captive in the present. Listen, the past is a place of reference. It's not a place of residence. Let me say that again. Your past, that place, is a place of reference. It's not a place of residence. It's a place that you remember that you reference, but it's not the place where you're camping out. And see, that, that's what gets us into trouble, is we come to a place of our past and we pitch a tent there. We camp out there. And what I would want you to know is that past failure, mistake, blunder, whatever it was, injury, is it's not, it's not your place of residence. It's, it's only a place of reference. Some months ago, I was, I was meeting with a lady in my office who was struggling there was a loss of joy, loss of purpose. She, she just felt like she was stuck in life. Matter of fact, she explained that her life was like the movie Groundhog Day. How many of you, how many of you have seen the movie Groundhog Day? A funny, funny movie where Bill Murray is playing um, this actor. He's, he's the weatherman. And basically he's stuck in this cycle of same day, same day, same day, same day, same day, same day. I mean, he was stuck in this ongoing process like life's not moving forward. She says, my life is just like that. 
I feel like I'm just living out the same thing day after day. I'm, I'm stuck in this cycle. I'm stuck in this, I'm stuck in this loop. And as we began to talk, what I discovered is that there was this issue that happened in her life. There was a choice that she made, and the choice uh, brought uh, quite a crisis in her life. And as a result of that, she was stuck. She allowed, she allowed that place of failure to become that which defined her life. And as a result of that, she couldn't move forward. So life was just like the same experience, same experience, same experience. Why? She allowed her mistake to define her life. And it was that that brought her to a place where there was a loss of hope and a loss of purpose. And so after spending some time with her, we had some prayer, we identified the problem, and and we kind of broke this issue that had her held captive that she could move to a place of freedom. It, it was life transforming. Obviously not me. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. But what happened? Again, there was a mistake. There was an issue that became the defining point of our life. So here's the reality. We, we've all failed. We've all made mistakes. We've all been wounded by others. But the events in our past do not have to define our lives. They can inform our lives. They can teach us some valuable lessons. But what we don't want them to do is we don't want them to define our lives. You know, if you think about it, there were a lot of famous people, we would call famous people in the Bible, who had a past. But what I love about the Bible, you know, what I love about the Bible is it, just, it doesn't just tell us a lot of stories about perfect people, right? I mean, there's stories in here about folks who dropped the ball, folks who messed up, folks who had some pretty major blunders and mistakes. Yet what I love is that their failure in the past didn't disqualify them from God using them in the present. I mean, I'm encouraged by their story. And let me tell you why their past didn't disqualify them. Two reasons. The first, our God is a God who redeems and restores. He takes broken people and uses broken people to accomplish His purpose. Listen, He's not looking for perfect people. He's he's simply looking for people who are available. People who are willing. The second reason that God did great things through their lives is they didn't allow their past to define their lives. I mean, think about this. There was Moses, the great leader, but before Moses was a great leader, he was actually a murderer. How would you like to have that in your past? A murderer, an Egyptian, yet God turned him into a, a, a phenomenal leader. I, I think of Rahab, talking about someone who had a past. Rahab was a pagan and a prostitute. She made her living by selling her body. Yet, Her past didn't limit what God would do through her life. Why? Because she didn't allow her past to define who she was. I mean, she helped helped the nation of Israel conquer the city of Jericho. She married a Jewish man by the name of Salmon and actually married into a prostitute, married into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Think about that. I think of Matthew, the tax collector, who was a cheater. If you were a tax collector in Jesus' day, that meant you were a cheater. Yet Jesus chose Matthew to be one of his twelve. I think of the Apostle Paul. Before he became the Apostle Paul, you know what he was? He was a Christian killer. Not one, not two, we're talking massacre. He, he thought that that was his job. You know, Here's my assignment, I'm supposed to kill Christians. Talking about a past, yet his past didn't disqualify him. Why? Because he did not allow his past to defy him. So the first thing, if we're going to get unstuck and stay unstuck from the past, don't allow your past to define you. That's not who you are. 
It's a point of reference. It's not a point of residence. Here's a second strategy or second step to move beyond our past is this. You've got to rise above condemnation as you rule over your thinking. Rise above condemnation as you rule over your thinking. You know, the battle of being stuck in the past is really a battle that happens in the mind. Right? It's not so much the event. It's, it's not what happened, whether it was a month ago or three months ago or six months ago or ten years ago. It's really not the event that has you stuck. Can I tell you what has you stuck? It's right here. It's in your thinking process. I mean, why is it that some individuals can come to a point of a failure, blunder, mistake, relational injury, they get knocked down, they get up, brush themselves off and keep on going? Then other people come to the same mistake, same blunder, same failure, same relational injury, they get knocked down and they can't get back up. What's the difference? Let me tell you what I believe the difference is. It's how we, how we view the failure. How we think about what, what, what happened to us. Listen, you have to rule over your thinking continually, reminding yourself that whatever happened in the past is not your master. It's not your master. It's not calling the shots in your life. But here's the challenge we all face. As I mentioned earlier, we have an adversary. Remember, the scripture tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren and he wants to use your past to enslave you. He wants to use your past to limit your life. Matter of fact, this is, this is how he gets to us. He says things like this, not that we fail, but that we're a failure. Let me you know there's a big difference between I failed and I'm a failure. One is about an event, the other is about who I am. So what does Satan do? He comes and he brings this deception. He whispers this little thing in our ear that gets stuck in our mind that we, not just that we failed, but that we're a failure. He wants us to believe that we'll never move beyond our past. He continually bombards our thinking, trying to disqualify us. Because again, what Satan knows, what the adversary knows, if he can keep us stuck in the past, then basically he's won. If he can stick you in the past, then you don't have to worry about you because he's done defeated your life. So what do we need to do? We need to rise above the condemnation as we rule over our thinking. That's why the scripture in Romans 8.1 is so critical. And this is another great verse of scripture that you need to commit to memory. Romans 8.1 says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Christ came to set us free. Free from what? Free from sin. Free from our past. Free from anything that would limit us in our lives. So today, as Christ followers, listen, there is no condemnation that the adversary should be able to use against us. Why? Because of the provision of Jesus Christ. So when Satan comes and he tries to remind you of your past, just remind him of his future. He is a defeated foe. Defeated by the provision of the cross. You're a new creation in Christ. So what today there is no condemnation. So what we want to rise, we want to rise above the condemnation. And we want to live in the provision of Jesus Christ. We want to, we want to guard our thinking. Listen, folks, the facts of God's word always trump our feelings in the lie of the accuser. 
So when the enemy comes, what do we do? We confront the deception with the truth of God's Word. If you look to Matthew chapter 4, after Jesus had finished his 40 days of fasting, the enemy came, Satan came to tempt him. You can check this out. Three different times when Satan came to tempt Jesus, each time Jesus confronted the temptation of the enemy with what? With the Word, right? With the Word. He says, no, that's deception. This is truth. That's a lie. This is truth. Listen, we we have to do the same. If you're going to stay unstuck from the stuff of the past, we've got to rise above condemnation, and we've got to control our thinking. Because again, the battle's right here. It's right between your ears. That's where the enemy brings the deceptions and the lies. And if he can, if he can seed something into your mind about your past, he can stick you in the past. Again, your past does not have to define you. What does the enemy want to do? He wants you to believe that you are the failure. Not that you fail, but that you are the failure. Again, but it, it, it's the lie. So we're, we're going to rise above condemnation. We're going to control our thinking. Here's the final strategy to live free from your past. It's this. Know that in Christ you're completely forgiven. Unconditionally loved. So what do you need to do? You need to, leave for, you need to live forgiven. So in Christ, you're completely, not partially, not everything but this. No, you're completely forgiven. You're unconditionally loved. You know, when it comes down to it, most of us have trouble getting beyond our past because we don't really believe that God forgives us. Sure, we, we hear about forgiveness. We give lip service to forgiveness. But for us truly to fully embrace God's forgiveness. We struggle to accept it. We struggle to live it out. Therefore, what? We find ourselves stuck in the past. Why? Because we can't embrace this gift, and it is just that. It's not because of what we deserve. It's God's mercy to us. What? That our sins are completely forgiven. Past is completely atoned for. What is that? It's God's mercy to us. It's His grace to us. But oftentimes we get stuck because we can't believe that God would really forgive us that whatever that is some years ago i was i was uh, talking with a lady who was struggling in her life stuck stuck in an issue of the past and this is her story when she was in college she got into a relationship with a young man short-term relationship but out of that short-term relationship she became pregnant as often is the case, the young man who was obviously responsible and a part of this wanted nothing to do with it. So she's left with this reality. She's a college student. She had no support, knew she couldn't raise a child, didn't know what else to do. So she had an abortion. Fifteen years later, fifteen years later, she says, every time I see a baby, it wrecks me. This woman was a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. It's not that she didn't love him. She was a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. But this was her issue. She couldn't believe that God could forgive that. That being the abortion. She believed that God had forgiven everything else, but not this issue. Therefore, 15 years later, she's still stuck. Because she thought this issue, this sin, this choice, this mistake, this blunder was too big for God. And so she carried that with her. It was like she was chained to this anchor that she's pulling around. 
Again, every time, she said, every time I, I see a, a baby, she said, it just wrecks me. And so we began to talk about the wonder of God's grace and the greatness of His provision and His forgiveness, His grace that's greater than our sin. I took her to the verse of Scripture in 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sin, that He, being God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us of, get this, all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. So, so I began to talk with her. I said, what do you think that means, that little word, that little three-letter word, all? What do you think that means? Like, does that mean everything? Yeah, it means everything. I said, then everything includes things like an abortion, right? And she broke. And it became, it became a turning point in her life. Why? She came to truly understand and receive the wonder of God's forgiveness. So she was stuck, and it wasn't that she wasn't a follower of Christ. It wasn't that she didn't love Jesus. But in her mind, there was this issue of her past that was greater than God's forgiveness, and she couldn't receive that of God's unconditional love. And she couldn't embrace the fact that she was completely forgiven. See, God's grace is not just for the small stuff. It's for the big stuff as well. Whatever that means in your life. It's not just for these things that are really not that big of an issue. It's for the things that are a big issue as well. See, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all. A-L-L, all. I, I looked that up in the Greek. You know what it means? It means all. Everything. Completely. It means this. It means that there's nothing in your life, in your past, that's too big for God to take care of. That's what it means. It's the wonder. It's the wonder of His grace. But if you don't understand that, then why you get stuck in the past because you, you're not allowing yourself. Listen, it's not an issue with God. The, the problem's not with God. The problem's with you. God's grace is freely given. What you're freely forgiven, you're freely restored. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. All you have to do is receive it. But again, oftentimes we get stuck because we think, wow, this thing in my life that no one else knows that I've kept hidden and I've kept a secret, it's too big for God. And because of that, what's happened is you you become stuck. Stuck in the past. Because you've not received God's grace. Listen, friends, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God loves you purposefully, passionately, and unconditionally. So I, so I encourage you to receive His grace. In that place of your failure, receive His grace. Listen, you may not be the person you need to be, but you are not the person you used to be. Isn't that good news? Not the person you used to be. Jesus Christ has set you free from the prison of the past. So what do you need to do? You need to live free. Listen, this is the good news today. We don't have to be a slave to our past. Isn't that great news? We don't have to stay stuck there. Maybe you came here today stuck in an area of your life in relation to something of the past. Maybe no one else knows about it. God knows about it. Here's the good news. You don't have to stay there. You can truly live your life free. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, 
visit us at gracecovenant.org.